Hello, I'm Charlotte Watts. Welcome to these podcasts that were first broadcast live in my Facebook group, Charlotte Watts Calm. Hope you enjoy them. And if you want more, please look at my website, charlottewattshealth.com. Hello, folks. Welcome to this uh, live session here for Yoga Campus with me, Charlotte Watts. Um, I'm going to be talking today about the connection between breath and immunity, which is, of course, quite pertinent to where we find ourselves at the moment. A lot of you having the opportunity to watch this indoors because something that feels you know, and, you know, is is prevalent out there as an unsafe, something coming in to attack our immune system and something that's respiratory in nature really highlights to us how we can look to support ourselves through immunity and through our breath. And I'm really fascinated by where these two components meet. So it'd be lovely for anyone to send through any questions for you to send me through if you need to do that afterwards. Uh, I'm always available. You can either look at my website, charlottewattshealth.com or email me directly on info at charlottewattshealth.com. And yeah, I'm happy to, to, to really find out particularly the connections between the immune system and the respiratory system and particularly where Obviously, we have a, a, a yoga focus where we can ha- really have this agency. We really have the opportunity to support the way that we best function, the way that we can also feel. So, yes, how, how we can support ourselves through these times and also Understanding something about how the immune system and the respiratory system work really gives us the agency to feel that we're having the self-care and having self-care, having the ability to be doing things that look after ourselves and look after our health can also help us feel more safe, which in terms of the immune system and our respiratory system help calm down and quell heightened nervous system responses. So going more into the fight or flight or the stress responses that actually can really compromise our immune system um, and really change the way that we breathe and the health of our respiratory systems. So if we have a look about uh, those and we'll talk about how yoga can help us in particular ways of practicing and particular practices, I do all, I'm going to be covering all of this stuff and more in a very experiential way. So both the theory and the practice of this on my course that's coming up with Yoga Campus starting the end of April on yoga for immune and respiratory health. So you can, I will put the the link up there for you afterwards. So in looking at the immune system and the respiratory system, it's really important from the offset to recognise that as what we call body systems, they're part of a great big orchestration of the whole body. 
our body does not know that we call our body systems separate things. So our immune system, our respiratory system, our nervous system, our digestion, our endocrine systems, hormones, whole other bunch of things like detoxification, skin, all are absolutely and utterly intertwined and are all continually interplaying and responding together and shifting in terms of what's coming in from the outside world and what's coming on in internally in terms of the thoughts that we're generating and the state of our nervous system according to how safe or unsafe we feel as we relate to others and as we relate to the outside world. Now we're in a particularly strange situation for that at the moment where we're having less social connection with others and we are social beings. We are built for social engagement. And a lot of the soothing of our nervous system and a lot of the ability for us to regulate immune health and for us to come down into smooth and spacious tones of the breath and get best oxygenation actually does involve us being connected to others. So it's very useful in this time that we actually have these online connections so we can stay with a sense that we're part of the tribe, part of the larger, but also we can bring practices in that give us the sense of self-soothing through touch, through having a connection with our, our skin on the outside and the reassurance of touch and our hugging to ourselves that just like we would get from another human being and the contact with them and the kind bonding contact, this production of the hormone oxytocin, which is our kind of bonding molecule, is so important for us to be able to self-soothe. But it's so important for to ripple through the immune system to bring down heightened states of inflammation and to allow us to really oxygenate um, with the breath when it's able to go into kind of more ah, soothed tones. And that highlights how the nervous system is the place where we really come to to really notice where breath and the immune system and respiratory system really meet. And a question from Ria here is, can you combine a mudra with breath for this kind of work? Absolutely. Soothing through the nervous system and soothing through touch and oxytocin are really useful, not just through mudras where we might bring the hands together or the conduits uh, of the ends of the fingers, but also niasa, a touch. So um, bringing hands onto your heart, hands onto your belly, giving yourself an actual hug and uh, a squeeze really helps us to meet the nervous system where it connects with the immunity and the breath. So our nervous system is always responding to how safe or unsafe we feel at any point. That's a basic, healthy setting for vigilance and our autonomic nervous system, that which is just getting on with stuff behind the background, responds in kind to the need it sees that we have. So we can either go into these tones of the nervous system that are either heightened what we might call the stress as in going into fight or flight, being ready for danger in terms of running away from something or standing our ground and fighting. 
And that's mobilizing, that's active. So we need that. It's not that it's not it's a bad thing, but we need it to be motivated, to get things done, to be excited, to have interest in stuff. But when stress is chronic, when it tends to be part of the equation for a long time, then it can really deplete our immune resources. So an important part of survival for us is going into inflammation. So although inflammation seems like a bad thing, and it's one of the things within where we find ourselves in coronavirus, if you have inflammatory tendencies like this is a kind of pre-existing conditions that might be things like asthma, eczema, hay fever, migraines. If you just tend to be much more you know, upregulated or inflammation, then we're, we're less protected in warding off viruses and other invaders. But they're always coming into our system. So what's important to, to really realise here is how we support our immune capacity really supports how we're able to reduce severity of symptoms and reduce our capacity for, for getting over stuff. So when we tend to be much more heightened in stress responses, inflammation processes go up because they're protective. If our body perceives as a danger and we want to run away from it or stand our ground, then you might get wounded. Um, and getting wounded in the wild is, you know, that's real dangerous stuff. So we need to have inflammation there to either seal the wounds shut to stop you bleeding to death and to bring immune components to wounds that stop us getting infected. Because in the wild, there are no antibiotics and um, getting infected can, infection could really, that, you know, that would really you know, be properly life-threatening. So we bring immune components there. So inflammation is a really important part of survival. But the trouble with modern psychosocial stress, these kind of drip feed stressors that we have around, um, means that we tend to can stay in chronic stress. We can tend to stay in heightened inflammation. And that for us as a kind of modern society is also the route for chronic degenerative disease, often called diseases of Western civilization, that we tend to get in older age. So we tend to get conditions that have an inflammatory component around them. And that's the stuff that also in fight or flight keeps us into tight, shallow breath patterns, ones where we might dominate on the inhalation. We might tend to be more kind of hypervigilant and be more hyperventilating and tend to go into what's called secondary breathing, where breath goes up to be held in the upper chest and the shoulders and things get tight and they get held there. So we might find that in neck tension, in jaw tension, eye tension and back issues as well, a lower and upper back issues. And coming down from this heightened response to be able to drop down into diaphragmatic breathing and breath that drops down into the belly in and of itself can help bring us down from those heightened reactions. And that can really help a component of the immune system that's really key for fighting off invaders, which is the lymphatic system. Now, our lymphatic, it, lymphatics is a fluid system that runs through the whole of the body, underneath the skin, kind of like a silvery web, uh, runs alongside and with our fascia and ne next to all of our veins. Um, and we often really 
think about lymphatics when we might get a, an infection, when we get the kind of swollen glands uh, quite commonly around the neck and the throat uh, or into the groin. And we have these lymphatic nodes that need a lot of movement. They don't have a circulatory system like the heart to pump lymph around. That relies on our movement. Walking is just about our most natural movement to do this. And we need to be doing that regularly. So we do need to be getting out for our walks daily. But movement where we um, have quite fluid motions through the fascia, we twist around the middle, we do spine undulations, opening the front and back of the body and up through the sides of the spine. All of those really help to get lymphatics going and help to bring defensive immune components to wherever they're needed. Um, and one of the, the key places that are needed that is really important for the immune system is on the gut wall. And the gut's another place where the immune system and the respiratory system and the nervous system really meet because the health of the gut wall has about it includes about 70% of our immune system, our immune component. And that's a lot of that's through um, what's called gut associated lymphoid tissue. So our lymphatics on the gut wall um, and also our probiotic bacteria, our beneficial bacteria on the gut wall and antibodies, um, particularly SIGA and immune antibodies that bring down inflammation. It's the main anti-inflammatory part of our immune system housed on the gut wall. And in order for that to be healthy and that to be thriving and signaling to the rest of the nervous system to respond appropriately, then we need to be coming down into soothing, calm, parasympathetic tones of the nervous system. So coming into those breath tones that really involve ah, fully sighing out with the exhalation, really coming to this conscious breath work um, that yoga really allows us and coming into that awareness internally, embodied awareness that really allows us to 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 uh, foster feelings of safety that allow us to come down to breath in the diaphragm in the belly, allow us to have free movement of fluids, including uh, lymphatics through the tissues, um, because chronic stress and trauma tend to make us very tense in tissues and they stop the free flow of fluids like the lymphatics. And then we can also signal appropriate immune response from the gut wall. So that's what's often referred to as immune modulation, where we are have a really nice balance in the body between the two tones, it's incredibly simplistic immunology, but the two main tones, which are either kind of going into inflammation or fighting off invaders. Uh, long-term chronic stress and internal rumination and worry and fear-based responses tend to put us up into that protective inflammatory response, which over time tends to quash down our ability to effectively fight off invaders. So the answer to that is to come back to these practices that allow us to have this feeling of presence, this feeling of awareness in the here and now, mindfulness practices that bring us into awareness of our own tendency to be vigilant, our tendency to track around us and notice what is a sense of safe or unsafe, but to notice within that what is appropriate for now. So that involves 
orienting, just being really aware of what is the current situation I'm in. And the more movement can come into that to really let us know where our bodies are in the here and now, um, the more that can feel very real to us. Um, And that reality really includes grounding a very palpable sense of where we are in the here and now, including our relationship to the ground and bringing ourselves back to touch again. So not just self-soothing from its presence, but also giving giving us a very real communication to where we are in the here and now. So here I am. So not just here I am, but here are my boundaries. So when we're rubbing our skin, touching our skin, we are acknowledging where our boundaries are. So where the external world begins beyond those and where the internal world is situated to the centre from that. And our boundaries, particularly our skin here, and that that extends all the way internally into our gut wall as well. But these boundaries are where we are constantly noticing, constantly gauging a very you know, underlying unconscious ways deep into our brainstem, the old brain, of how safe or unsafe we are. And the more we can have a relationship with our boundaries um, and that knowledge of where we are in the present, the more we can actually feel that we're regulating processes in terms of our immune system not having to overreact because it's simply not sure. And the same with our nervous system. It doesn't need to go into very vigilant or hyper vigilant states because we're giving it the information it needs to say it's okay I'm here I'm here now and I'm giving myself touch I'm giving myself presence allowing full expiration full expression of the exhalation to say things are okay it's all right so that these heightened responses of the immune system getting caught up in inflammation and the nervous system expressing through tight and shallow breath can come to be soothed. And that's where we really start to become part of uh, our own story of self-protection, not through being in very heightened, hardened, defensive modes, which ultimately really wear down our immune components, but being in a much more kind of spacious awareness way where we have the capacity to feel um, the self-compassion and the self-care that also gives us the capacity to then offer it out to others um, and to feel that we can extend that social engagement, that we can feel that, yes, although there is this um, threat out there, there is also this social cohesion that comes through it and the recognition um, that we do need to be more connected and that our our immune system and our respiratory health are really bound up in these things. They're not something separate of them. So the practices that feed into this are real embodied awareness and movement, taking things not so fast that we're rushing past and keeping the story of stress as part of our movement, practicing in a kind, 
intuitive way from inside, having awareness of our diaphragmatic movement as we move. You see, I'm just, if you're getting a visual here, I'm just moving through the diaphragm, kind of undulating the back and the sides and the front of the diaphragm, freeing the spine so that we feel we have free movement through the fascia, through the lymphatics, um, coming to practices that also are on different planes so laying on the grounds, coming to midpoint through kind of lunges and part way up, curling up to standing and standing then with strong legs, but not over engaging the nervous system. But strong legs do make us feel that we have the, the agency, the capacity to, to protect ourselves um, from either that ability to run away or stand our ground so it's a really that's a really important signal to our nervous system that we're okay is to have strong legs but still be able to have spacious breath and also one of the most important things when we're practicing is to, to have a softness around the jaw and the eyes that signals back down to the whole of the nervous system that we can let go of being on heightened modes that we can let go of a need to stay up into inflammation um, and a need to keep things held tight up into the chest and the shoulders. If we can release the jaw, move in the jaw and between physical practice come to a pause and integration and where we're noticing space around the temples and the eyes, then all of that feeds back down into our body. So all of it allows us to come to a uh, to, to senses of having a spacious, spacious opening. And I just want to mention something in terms of the nervous system there that is also about our, our attitude and stress responses, which is that when we tend to go into stress responses, and again, that's part of infl inflammatory tones and tight breathing, we can also tend to go into more judgmental tones. It's part of our basic survival is that we quickly need to see things as good or bad if we're feeling in a threat and a danger. Now, unfortunately, within our kind of mental capacity, it can tend to make us get into quite tight states of whether we see others as good or bad. And whether our kind of, our kind of tolerance for either inner feelings or or for kind of out, outer situations can become quite shut down. We become less open-minded. Um, so we need to really retain a sense of spaciousness in order to have that sense of openness in terms of kindness, compassion to self, the room to have compassion resources to others and not feel, particularly if you're one of those people that is looking after others uh, in any capacity through this, that you don't get compassion fatigue as well that we're all looking after others. And that analogy of if you're on a plane and things go you know, a bit awry, you take the oxygen to yourself first in order to be able to help others. So it's not selfish to have self-kindness, care, compassion. It is a necessity so that we can look after others. Uh, and others includes us and includes you. And our immune system and our respiratory system are all responding to those so I hope that's been of help to you. If you do have any questions, do send them through. One of the things that is uh, often asked of me in response to this kind of material is uh, any specific breath practices. And really within 
the modern world, there's often talked about an emphasis on the exhalation. And that's not because the exhalation is more important than the inhalation, but because we tend to be in stress responses that kind of can quite grasp at the inhalation, the exhale has become something that we need more consciousness of. And I would say to, to lay down on the ground and come to some diaphragmatic breathing with knees bent, like constructive rest position, if any of you know that terminology, but it's laying down with soles of the feet on the floor or taken wider, uh, knees dropping in towards each other if, if you need more space in the lower back. But coming to that position with any support under the head that you need to be really soft in underneath the throat and bringing your hands onto your diaphragm, so around the bottom of your ribs. Noticing in that position, it's easier to drop the breath into the belly and the diaphragm where we don't need to hold ourselves up from the ground. Noticing, we don't need to make anything happen there, simply bringing touch, kindness to that area, awareness to that area, can start to let you notice what is available for movement, where you can invite breath down into your belly, so you can have one hand on your diaphragm, one hand on your belly, releasing your jaw and your eyes moving into the face just to to soften that bridge of tension we can tend to hold across the jaw. And from there, you can notice with the movement of the diaphragm what the quality of your exhalation tends to be. And notice if there's any tendency to to clip the inhale over the end of the exhale. And our most efficient, easeful inhalation occurs when we simply allow the exhalation to go all the way to its end conclusion. We let ourselves sigh out and let ourselves fully breathe out, allowing the pause of the exhalation to naturally occur. Yes, we can lengthen it to some extent. And also, if we can even bring sound in, which naturally lengthens the exhalation and has a lovely vibratory quality in the top of the the chest, we can allow that to come out. Um, Then we can find, we get to the end of the exhalation, which simply allows the inhalation to come in and it's most easeful um, with with least muscular action uh, and in its most efficient way. And sighing, an ah sound, naturally opens up space at the back of the teeth, opens up the jaw. Um, and you might find in terms of stress, you make those kind of noises, that kind of like, ah, oh, oh. it's a really good reset for the breath and the nervous system. So you can all explore all of that with some movement from laying down um, and really just spend some time noticing the quality of your exhalation and any touch that you might need to allow that to really soften down. And I would do that for 15 minutes a day, particularly in this time. It's a really good uh, meditation on uh, on awareness, meditation on embodied awareness that can really support the immune and the respiratory systems. So I will wrap it up there. Do send any questions through at any time uh, or make the audio of this uh, available to you through Yoga Campus. And uh, I have also have a blog that uh, we'll be releasing. And then, yes, please do have a look at my online course that's coming up with Yoga Campus, which is starting at the end of April 
on yoga for immune and respiratory health. And we will both be exploring the theory behind this um, and also experiential practices and Q&As. It's going to be really lovely, rich material that can both help us during these times and uh, any other time as well, because this stuff is always relevant. And thank you for comments uh, on that was helpful and lovely to see you and hope you have a lovely rest of the day and hopefully get to do some exercise and walking out in nature, which is also one of the most important things that we, uh, resources that we have available to us at this moment. So good luck to you. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>